If you have your Bibles, let's go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to be reading to you out of the New Living Translation. Uh, I believe we'll probably have that on the screen, but uh, you can follow me if you want to check and make sure uh, that this translation is lining up with the translation that you were studying God's Word at. That is quite all right. The Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 5, beginning there at verse 1 through verse 11. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all night long and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in other boat, in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as was the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Can you say amen to the reading of God's word? As we see here in our text this morning, we see that there are those times where God sends us back to retrieve or to get what we missed the first time we were there. I want to read to you this morning Romans 15. Romans 15, verses 15 and 16. Romans 15, verses 15 and 16, this time out of the NIV. Yet I have written you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again. Because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. I believe that God has us on a reharvesting adventure to secure what we missed the first time through this harvest or wheat field. Amen? So we need to devour every grain of truth that we possibly can through this word as we walk through it again. Amen? So listen carefully. And I pray that God opens your spiritual hearing. 
and your spiritual understanding and your spiritual heart that you may conceive and gather absolutely every grain of truth that he desires you to have this morning from this word. The first underlying current, and that's what I want to speak to you this morning about, God's underlying currents. The first underlying current that grabbed me and began to pull me into the depth of God's word was that word, shore. And where water meets land, you have what you or is called a shoreline. It's where the water and the land come together. And that is referred to as a shoreline. And I want you to notice something about this shoreline this morning. On one side of this shoreline, you have a multitude of people. But what ends up on the other side of this shoreline is a handful of men. So the question that occurred to me, that God asked me, why is it? Why is it? Now how many knows when God asks you a question, He already knows the answer. It's, it's, it's not about Him receiving information, it's about Him doing something in your life. Why is it that so many people will not cross this line, this spiritual line, with God. Why is it that so many stay where the multitudes hang out and never move to where the remnant is? And this is what God showed me. He took me to a verse of scripture found in the Gospel of John in chapter 21 and verse 7. The Gospel according to St. John, chapter 21 and 7. It says, Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work. He jumped into the water and headed to the shoreline, or he headed to shore. Now, you see there in that verse of Scripture, the same thing is occurring there in John 21 that it is in Luke 5. These men have been out all night fishing. Once again, they've caught nothing. Jesus shows up and something happens. But I want you to notice that Simon strips for work. Now even though it is not mentioned in Luke 5, we know that that was the tradition of that time and that day. So once again, Peter strips for work to go fishing. Now in Samuel, the book of Samuel, you'll also read where that Saul was naked. And you'll also read where David uncovered himself. What that is referring to, when you see that uncovering and that naked, that it is talking about the outer garment. They had stripped down to their undergarments. And they had taken off their outer garments. Now the spiritual side of this that we see in verse 8 is that Peter all of a sudden asked the Lord to depart from him because he is a sinful man. Now, here is what God showed me and spoke to me through this verse of Scripture. The reason that there are so many on the shoreline and they refuse to cross that shoreline with God where the remnant or a handful of people is, is because they do not want to bear 
or expose that much of their self to God's Word. We harden our hearts because we do not want to be that transparent with God. And I'm spiritually speaking, God shows us a physical, but there is a symbolic meaning here. There is a prophetical rhema word of life here in this story concerning this. God is wanting us to come bear with Him, to expose our inner hearts, all of ourselves, to become transparent with Him. And the reason why we don't is because it's much more comfortable on the shore with the multitude... Because once you cross the shoreline, there's nowhere to hide. You can hide there with the multitude and with the trees and and with the sand and all of that. But once you get out on God's vast water supply, His holy word, there's no hiding. I remember reading that an African woman had received a new Bible. And somebody asked her, said, Ma'am, how are you enjoying reading this new Bible? She said, I have found that I am not reading it, but it is reading me. And we must yield ourselves. You see, our thinking is we will have to expose too much of ourselves to worship God like that. We'll have to forgive according to that word. We'll have to love according to that. And I'm just not ready to bear all. We will have to trust. It means that you lose all control. When you begin to bear and you begin to expose yourself to God's word. It can be an uncomfortable place. But God is calling us to cross the shoreline. And to expose ourselves completely and wholly to His Word. The next underlying current that dragged me out from the shoreline is found in verse 2, where Jesus noticed two empty boats. He finds two empty boats there. And what I see here is that God is not looking for a boat that's already filled. God's looking for an empty boat. Why is God not looking for a boat that's already filled? Because God is not looking to get on board your agenda. God is looking for you to get on board with His agenda. He's not looking to be a part of a night full of nothing. He's looking to be a part of the fullness of everything that he's about. So he invites us to get aboard a vessel. How come? Because he's about to take this vessel to its limits. You see, we have not even begun to reach the limits that we have in God and through his word. And it's because we keep trying to get God on board with what we're doing. We tried to get Him on board with our plans and our agendas and what makes us feel good and what makes us comfortable. 
And God is saying, I want you on board with me so that I can take you to the limits. Do you see here in the story what happens? Let's look at it. In verse 6 and verse 7, in verse 6, the nets begin to tear. They begin to tear. They don't tear apart. Because if they had they tore completely apart, they would not have been able to get the fish in. She's way too young to start helping me preach. They would have lost their harvest. They would have lost their promise had those nets completely tore apart. But they begin to tear. What happened? Those nets begin to stretch. What happened? They begin to stretch. And stretch. And they got stretched so much that the loose parts, the weak parts, begin to break loose so that the stronger parts could reach their limits and begin to haul in this promise and this harvest of Jesus Christ. Woo! Then you see it here in the boat. But, but, you know, and you look at those nets, they begin to get under pressure. When you get under pressure, the weak things of your life concerning your life begins to break loose. What's happening? God's taking you to another limit, to another level. He's breaking all that weak stuff off your life so what's deep inside of you can be exposed to bring in a harvest. And you see in verse 7 with the boats, they begin to sink. They didn't completely sink, but what had happened? That vessel had reached its limits. God had taken it to its limits to where it began to sink. But they made it to shore with that harvest, with that promise. God is looking to take us as His vessels. And He will take us to the outer limits of ourselves if we will only get on board with what He is wanting and desiring to do. If we will get on board with His purposes, God will stretch us that the weak stuff begins to break loose, that those things hidden deep within inside us, us that God deposited a long, long time ago, that the fullness of our destiny, that the fullness of God's church can come out and be alive and reap a last day harvest. We may feel at times like we're beginning to sink, but God will never take you past your limits. But He will take you to the fullness of your limits. And that's what He's desiring to do. And and, and I love this, that when you begin to be stretched and God begins to take you to your limits and, and you begin to feel things coming apart and unraveling, It's okay to call for help. They called for help. They called for their partners to come and help them. And here's the reason why. 
Anybody willing to get on board with Jesus understand Jesus has no limits. So anybody that's willing to come and help, amen, they can also reach their limits. Somebody give God praise in this house today. The next underlying current carrying us out in God's vast water supply is found in verse 5. Where we read these words, Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night. Didn't catch a thing. You see, you might say that this was a night of nothing for Simon and his friends. They'd fished all night long and caught nothing. And in all truth and truthfulness of the standards of our business world, this would have been labeled a failure. But those things that we label as a failure in our lives, many times God will use them as a launching pad to launch us, to launch us into places that we would have never gotten to had we succeeded in the hard work. All things work together for the good, for the good. For the good, for the good of them that love God and are the called according to His purpose. Many times we see failures and God sees opportunity. Even though we work hard and sometimes we give our very best at something, only in the end to write it off as a waste. Just, well, I, I just wasted myself. It's all in vain. We look back on it. When we first began to take on that project, we just thought, God, this is going to be awesome. Great and mighty things are going to be done. And we look at how pretty and how shiny it is and how beautiful it is and how perfectly cut and made and everything. And, and it, we see this in our dream. And we, we, we work and we tarry. And it never goes anywhere as it never does anything. We look back on it and finally we're just ready, you know, to just give up on it. And then along comes Jesus, uses it as a pulpit to deliver a message to our life from it. He took that boat that had done nothing and accomplished nothing all night long and he made a pulpit out of it to call Simon Peter into his discipleship program. Woo! And you'll look in this story and you'll see two kinds of people. You'll see two kinds of people. I know we have those multitude on the shoreline. And we have that remnant, that handful that crosses the shoreline. But what you've got here on this side, you've got the multitude that have a good night's rest. And everything's went easy for them. It's been a beautiful morning. Slept real good on that pillow all night. Didn't toss, didn't turn. No worries. And all they do is hear the word. 
And then over here you've got this group of people, remnant, that's been out working hard all night long. Haven't caught anything. But they're the ones that do the word. And they're the ones that receive the promise. You see, God's words are conditional upon our obedience. A lot of people like to get a word from God and throw their hands up, get in the easy chair, recline back with a nice big glass of iced tea and say, go ahead and do it, God. God's promises are conditional upon our obedience. He said, take the boat out deeper and let down the nets. That was the condition. The promise was, you're about to catch a bunch of fish. Let down the nets. Take the boat out deeper. You're about to catch a bunch of fish. The promise was a harvest. The condition was launch out into the deep and let down the nets. Mm. Wow. Launch out and let down the nets. You see, sacrifices alone leads to a night of nothing. Sacrifice alone leads to a night of nothing. While obedience will always lead to the promised land. Sacrifice alone will lead to a night of nothing. While obedience will always lead to the promised land. And I have found those night of nothings with God somehow, some way, I don't know how he does it. Turns it into days of something. I want to bring this last undertow and current briefly to your attention. Because so many people never get caught in it. Verse 8, it says, when Peter realized... When Peter realized. In the King James Version, they used the word Saul. When Peter saw. The Greek translated here breaks down to know, understand, or have knowledge of. To know. To understand or to have knowledge of. All of a sudden, Peter knew, he understood, he had knowledge of God's hand working in his life. And so many people never capture that. You see, when the underlying currents of God's word, his holiness, his beauty, his spirit grabs a hold of us and begins to pull us out. Out of our comfort zones, out of our places of complacency out of our traditions, out of our habits. And we begin to realize His hand all up in our life, His work. It will absolutely bring a humbling, reverent, awestruck spirit just completely overtakes you. And this is what happened to Simon. 
And, and, and he's, he's drawn out. But the sad thing is, is that so many people, they concentrate and they see and they dwell only on the negative. You ever been around people like that? Just gloom and despair and agony on me. You know, to some, the, 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 the bottle is half empty. That's the way they see life. It's half empty. But you know what? In God, it's half full. There's a positive thing that we can see in our lives. God's hand is working. You're breathing right now because God is allowing you to breathe. He's the giver of life. We need to recognize God's hand working in our lives. We need to see the positive and the wonderful things that God is doing and and what He's about. Why? Because we will respond to His love. We will respond to His love. I mean, I can go in there and tell my wife, Hey, baby, I've had a long day. Get in there and fix me something to eat right now. I mean it now. Hurry up. I'm I'm hungry. I'm serious. She's going to look at me like you have lost your mind. You have lost your mind. I'm about to lay hands on you. And to pray whatever that is on you, off you. But when I come in and I say, baby boy, I'm sure I'm hungry. It's been a long day. I just don't even feel like going and getting anything to eat or anything. She'll say, you want me to fix you something? You know, we've got this, this, or or I'll run down to the drive-thru and get you something real quick. What does she do? She's responding to my love. That's the way God made us. He first loved us. And when we can see that God loves us and we can begin to recognize his work all up in our life, what's going to happen? It's going to melt us. We're going to begin to respond back to that. Let somebody praise God in this house today. What is the purpose, Pastor, of all of these underlying currents? What what, what is the purpose of these things that, that God has shared with us today? These undercurrents, the shoreline and crossing over it and, and, and bearing ourselves and, and, and exposing ourselves completely to God's word and, and just allowing God's word to, to transform our lives. So what, what, what's the, the meaning? What's the purpose of the underlying current to get, to get on board with God and, and, and what he is doing and, and let God stretch us and, and begin to break uh, the, the weak stuff from all from our lives so that he can take us to the outer limits of ourselves so that these deep things that he's deposited and spoke over our lives uh, can begin to happen. How, how do we, how do we, these undercurrents of, of everything that we've done, these, these failures in our lives and these nights of nothing that, that, that God turns into launching pads for us and, and, and how he wants us to be obedient to his word that, that we might receive this harvest, that we might receive the promises, that, that we can become a people that don't only hear the word, but that we can become a people that do the word. That, that this undercurrent of realization, of recognizing God's love and recognizing God's work around. What is the purpose? Where are we going in this this morning, Pastor? I believe that the answer to sum this message up 
is revealed in verse 10b, the latter part of verse 10 and verse 11. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. As soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. They left everything and followed Jesus. God is trying to draw us out of our personal business. God is trying to draw us out of our personal business. He's trying to draw us out of our selfishness. He's trying to draw us out of all of these worldly pleasures and things that we have surrounded our lives with. He's trying to draw us out of our personal agenda, out of our personal business, into the Father's family business. Into the Father's family business. That's what we are about. We, we, we are about God and we are about advancing the kingdom one soul at a time through the ministry of Jesus Christ. We are about advancing God's kingdom one soul at a time through the ministry of Jesus Christ. You see, whether we're at home with our family, whether we're outside in our yard, in our neighborhood, around our neighbors, exposed to our neighbors, whether we're at our work and with our co-workers, whether we are at our schools where we go to school, whether we're at the grocery store or, or, or the bank or the mall, whether we're on the phone, whether we're on the computer, the Internet, Facebook, whatever, Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we are about God. We are about the family business. We are about advancing his kingdom one soul at a time through the ministry of Jesus Christ. But when we get selfish and we just, it's all a personal agenda and we're in our personal business and we're in our own little personal world, we miss so many times God's still, small, gentle voice Speaking to us, ministry, ministry, advancing the kingdom, and you doing it with this soul that's in front of us, wherever it might be, whatever. But see, it kind of goes back to the last point. If we're all caught up in ourselves and we don't come to the realization that God is real, and that God is love, and that God is working in our life, and that we are all about Him, we're going to get caught up in our own selves. We'll get caught up in our own recreation, in our own business, and we will miss advancing God's kingdom by ministering to that soul. God is wanting us a part of the family business. Time is running out. Jesus is coming back. And we must begin to busy ourselves in the family business, in the kingdom of God. And my goodness, there, you know, when you look at businesses, there's no better pay scale in the family business. There's no better health care plan than what God offers. There's no better retirement plan. I mean, it's the best in the business. It's unbeatable. 
What a business opportunity knocking at our door today. Can you hear it? Somebody give God praise in this house. Wow. Let us stand. Church, there's a reason that God took us to that word to reharvest some things in our lives. God is, God is serious about this. If, if, if you were here last Sunday to hear the message that God spoke through our associate pastor, just absolutely phenomenal. He began to take us through the seasons of David's life where he was anointed by Samuel, where he moved through different seasons of his life. And that last place before he was moved into Judah, from Bethlehem, anointed by Samuel, little shepherd boy, to where he got a twelfth of the kingdom as king of Judah. That last place in that cave was his hardest place. Broken, humbled, and meek. But little did he know that next season change would promote him to king of Judah. Stephen Paul began to crunch the numbers of 13 years that I've been here. And he began to look back at our attendance and, and begin to look back to our finances and begin to put them together. Wow. God is on the verge of doing something really, really big through this group of believers. And Tuesday night and Wednesday night and then once again this morning, just the way the obedience of our worship leader and, and, and just your desire to stay and, and, and to hunger. and Brother Ron's testimony. and Wow. And, and re-delivering, replanting this seed in our lives. God is wanting all of us. And if we will move past the shoreline and get on board with God, wow, it's going to be far abundantly, exceedingly more than you've ever thought, asked, or imagined. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal.